Winston Churchill, in a speech called Blood, Toil, Tears, and Sweat, which was given out, I think, 1939 to 1940. It was basically his first parliamentarian speech as prime minister, and this was when the Nazis were invading France. And one line he said was, we have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. And that phrase applies to what we are experiencing now, what we are seeing in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. And I got to tell you, Sebas, I think it's, um, first, it's not surprising because this has been happening for God knows how long. Uh, yeah. Basically since after the Second World War. Uh, you know that ordeal, which is basically a bunch of allied countries were like, yo, let's have um, the Jews, you know, let's, let's give them a nation. That's basically what it was. And uh, that created so many issues with the Arabs living there and the Palestinians, as you know, are Arabs. And they did this two nations plan, which is like, I think is very like disfigured. I mean, I don't know why they would have the Gaza Strip, that piece of land away from mainland, uh, like the bigger part of Palestine. Honestly, whoever did that, I have so many questions. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty big mess, honestly. I, it's yeah, I do have questions for whoever did that as well. It's a pretty, it's a pretty bad situation that's going on over there, and the fact that it's been going on since Israel was you know created again as a nation in 1948 is crazy. Yeah, I think it's um. It's something that is, that has been and is very important right now. And, you know, where should we start? This is honestly the very, it's like so complicated, you know, like they had, this was, this is nothing surprising. And I, like, I figured, I knew, I figured this out like uh i heard of the news right of the first thing that like appeared about this was like on uh like instagram and with the were... airstrikes last week right yeah with the airstrikes <laughs> and so, so many people were outraged about it which rightfully so uh i mean yeah, you know, again, this is nothing surprising because this has been going on. There, like in 2014, there was this whole war between Israel and Palestine. Am I right? And also, there was a war in the in the 60s. Yeah, there was actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the war back in 2014 and the war back in the 60s has been um, the same throughout the past couple of decades. It's primarily not necessarily about. Um, their religious differences. I think it's more or less a matter of 
um, territory. That's pretty much what the basis has been all this time. Because if you look at it, um, you know, um, before 1948, um, Jews had been more or less living throughout many places across the world. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Arab people and the Palestinians specifically feel that the return of the Jews is more or less threatening to their own historical homeland and territory when I'm pretty sure historically both groups of people shared that region at some point in history. But um, that's what the disputes have been primarily about. And that's pretty much what you're seeing here. I mean, like, uh, I mean, this is like, if we go back to history, it's basically this back and forth, basic colonial, no, not colonial, sorry, like conquest thing, you know? Um, well, I mean, I think you know more about the, you know, the land acquisition or the conquest thing. I know there's the whole crusades, which is basically uh, the war over the Holy Land, Jerusalem and is uh, what is now Israel. Basically, yeah, yeah that whole ordeal, Jesus. Uh, that is a big L. Like Muslims, how many? Like twenty-four or like twelve? Like Christians, one. But jeez. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Also, yeah, but if we go really go back to like biblical times, jeez, it's like this. Uh, you know how uh, God? Well, the Promised Land is what we know as Israel. And there's this whole ordeal with the, like Egypt, with the Jews enslaved in Egypt. Then God sent Moses and all that. And God promising the Jews, oh, there's this promised land. That's yours. And they did conquer it. Uh, they did inhabit it, sorry, uh, for like some time, you know, King David. But then like the Assyrians or like these, the Romans, the Jesus, uh, like all these civilizations just conquer that land. And uh, I mean, this is very weird, but honestly, my opinion on this is that it's kind of irrelevant who owns what, because realistically, um, you can't really say that, let's say that, oh, it's official that Palestine owns that land. Oh, like, originally inhabited it, owned that land, and that all the Jews should leave. Well, first of all, you cannot really just say to the uh, Jewish people, the Israelis, leave. There's God knows how many millions of people, like Israelis are there. Uh, there's no really other place on earth for them to go as like one collective group yeah. that has any like Christian significance because that's what they would want. They would want somewhere that where like it's religiously significant, but the only place there is, is really Jerusalem and like other, like vice versa. You can't really say to the Palestinians, no, leave. They have 4 million people there. You can't tell 4 million people to leave. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's it's a pretty interesting situation because 
you know, it's their historical homeland tradition, you know, I guess you could say in a sense, that's where their roots are, their heritage. And you can't really just, like you said before, move them anywhere. But um, they also, but the thing is they can't coexist peacefully as far as we've seen. And there has been, um, you know, a lot of disputes, a lot of violence over, the, uh, over areas in Jerusalem, such as the West Bank, for example. Um, and it's, it's crazy to think about how they can't really coexist peacefully. But this leads to another question, that being the creation of a Palestinian state in the sense where, because right now I'm pretty sure Israel has control over most of the region in Jerusalem and the places where Palestinians are actually allowed to, res are actually allowed to reside. Um, there has been a lot of Israeli occupation and um, the Israelis have had a lot of influence in their daily lives. So what do you think about that? Do you think there should be a separate Palestinian entity, you know, apart from the, from Israeli influence? I mean, it's the, basically the, sen the, the sensible thing to do. I don't think like integration, obviously from what we've learned is possible, but um so we're kind of like diving in, diving into like how we should resolve this. And the question of like your question of whether there should be integration or a separate state, there should be a separate Palestinian state. And um, all this like conversation about who owned for who was there first is irrelevant. Both of them should live there. I mean, it's uh the humane thing to do. And I just ask, you know, the rhetorical questions of, you know, like, you know, like, you know, how can you um, ask millions of people to leave? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, I think yeah. it's much easier for them to uh, stay there, stay where they are. But, the more the if we want to really solve this, a lot of people, a lot of leaders, are asking for, you know, like China, United States, some UN, uh, UN, the you know the UN, I think the UK, are asking for peace negotiations, which is fine. This is like something that should be, that's like number one rule in diplomacy: ask for peace negotiations, like yeah. That is the role of diplomacy in the 21st century. And yeah, that's good. But honestly, what why I think, I don't think the two sides go out with happy results in the peace negotiation. I, honestly, I don't. Uh, I think it's like, uh, what is it? What's the word? No, futile to expect that uh peace will come out of negotiations fair enough and i want to also address the the apparent israeli crimes that they have committed against the palestinians and what i'm talking about is basic like persecution specifically um i think it's mainly in the gaza strip or i don't know but according to the human rights organization, 
um, the Israeli government has restricted, I think, travel. I think that's the right word of from Palestinians. They have sent them away, like out of their homes, pushed them out of their homes. They occupied their land. Like they occupied more of their land, I think. And uh, yeah, and there's this video that has circulated. Uh, uh, this video uh, has been circulated of this mosque, basically, you know, the Palestinian mosque. They're yeah. Arabic, Arabic. Uh, that um, that it was burning down, and the Israelis were cheering. And that has nothing to do with their government, but that's a very strong indication of tensions right now and integration and like peace negotiations are again, futile. If there's a situation like that, and also situations where both sides, I have to admit, like in the New York Times, right? There's this, what was it? This, was was it like a Palestinian guy or like this Palestinian guy was being like harassed by Israeli guys. And also an Israeli guy, I don't know, getting stoned, like being thrown, like people were throwing stones at him, like the Palestinians. It was this back and forth physical, yeah, it's like this whole mess. You know, it's, that's true, but I think there's also a lack of regard in a sense for the sanctity of human life in the sense where there isn't a sense of mutual respect as human beings it goes way beyond religious beliefs and just more or less not having any respect for the other people just because of their differences for example in addition to what you were talking about an article came out uh an article came out in um early uh, mid-March actually of this year where um, there were actually res- reports that although the Israeli government had done a pretty good and effective job of getting uh, vaccines to their people they actually there was actually um, a lag behind in actually getting those vaccines to uh, Palestinians who resided in that region. By residing in that region you mean in Israel? Yeah, essentially, people in uh, Palestinians living in Israel um, weren't actually able to get the first doses of the vaccine. I think they were pushed to the back. So were there? So it's discrimination. If it's like the government actually said, "Don't give these things, vaccines, to the Palestinians who are living in our, you know, country." Essentially, yeah, there's actually an article um, from the New York Times that came out in late February and uh, or early March about it. So. So much for loving your neighbor, am I right? Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's not. Well, well actually, no, that's from the New Testament. So to be yeah. fair, but still you like it should be universal. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, first, I have to like be hardcore on this. I think I, I, I'm not saying that peace negotiations are stupid. I'm just saying that they are more likely to be futile, but we should still do it just yeah. to 
make sure make it sure that it is like a peace um you know like a peaceful thing and but what i think is more uh practical i think i don't know this is very going to be disputed but i think that there should be this joint american un international whatever uh, occupation of the entire territory to calm things down and to basically, this is the main part, say to the Israeli government saying, yo, like, you really fucked up. Like, honestly, like you have committed like human rights violations, discrimination that you're blinded by Palestinian hate, that you hate them so much that you were doing these things like removing them away from their homes, not giving them vaccines apparently. And uh, which honestly is so stupid because like theoretically you're doing that to yourself because those Palestinians who don't have vaccines could carry the virus. And honestly, in fact, like some people, a lot of people in Israel and depend, uh, depending on like how fast vaccines are rolling out, but still. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And um, what's it? Jesus Christ. There's uh, like so many like crimes. I, like, honest, I'm going to go back to the human rights organs, uh, what they said. But um, yeah, I'll find out uh, later. But still, part of the my plan, I think, what, or what should be done is going to is uh, going there, occupy the region. Basically, saying to the Israeli government that you fucked up a lot, and you should pay some consequences. And I use that euphemism to like that's a euphemism for punish. I don't want to say punish to make it sound oh you hate Israel. Oh, we're going to, our alliance is destroyed. Honestly, no. I would rather have the United States basically, um, you know, be confrontational towards Israel, our friend, than actually just staying there and saying, you know, we're for Israel, like all the way. No. We're supposed to be this beacon of democracy. Which, F, which is a phrase that FDR used, I think. Um, or what, what was it? It was like uh, something like that, that we're supposed to say, even to our, to our adversaries and even to our friends, say, yo, you have to stop doing this. This is against human rights and justice. Um, and yeah, that's what should be done. I don't, I like all this, all these things of like, these responses by people, by politicians, saying, oh, we want peace, peace, like peace negotiations, please. Like, that's good, yeah, but come on, be, like, reevaluate the situation. Like, we need to go to Israel and say, yo, like, stop. Or, well, we'll punish you either way, but still, you're in the wrong. And also, like, I'm not, I don't, 
Yeah. Also, like we should address the Palestinian, like I think the Hamas group or this militant group firing rockets into Israel. Because honestly, there ha- there are casualties. Innocent lives on both sides have been uh, like are dead or injured. Um, there should be yeah. some consequences on both sides. But we need to ingest, this is vital, Israeli war crimes. No, not war crimes, like crimes against the Palestinians. Yeah. Um, and this whole notion of, like, Israel defending itself, well, it's obvious. I mean, like, Sebas, when a barrage of rockets are, like, in the sky firing at you, you defend yourself. Well, yeah, it's a, that's a no-brainer because if you, you defend don't, yourself, you're going to yeah. die. <laughs> that's no question. This is so obvious. But the main grub, I think, the, the main thing here is the whole situation itself and how it started, like what is going on. Yeah, Israel has a right to defend itself. Sure. <laughs> I mean, everyone has the right to defend himself if there is a barrage of rockets firing at you. But why were they fired? That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure is that like the Israelis were like, yo, I hate the Palestinians. Let's do things to them. Like, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. But in addition to that, I think that you bring up a good point, right? When it comes to actually holding um, the Israeli government accountable. Because, for example, right right before we got on and started talking about this, I saw an article that came out actually yesterday. Um, and it's basically um, the thoughts and opinions of, uh, you know, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders on the issue. It essentially, just to summarize the whole article, and it basically shares the same sentiments that we're talking about right now. You know, Israel has the right to defend itself, but at the same time, you know, they're violating the rights of the Palestinians living there. Um, you know, Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu's government has actually been, you know, somewhat responsible for mistreating the people. And it's also more or less empowered, I guess you could say, the citizens to also mistreat the people. So there are a lot of problems going on there um, in the region right now, in the Middle East. So I guess I'd have to agree with Senator Sanders on this issue that the United States actually needs to come out and address this and hold the Israeli government accountable as you've been saying you know for these in for these crimes against the people yeah and I kind of reflected like thank god like was it Sanders you said yes Bernie yeah. Sanders well I I'm glad that he shares the same sentiments uh this is the first time I hear it right now but um I mean, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, but, oh, yeah, I oh, reflected, you... yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, before you get onto that, I just remembered, apparently, um, I'm looking at it right now, I forgot this, we apparently send about $4 billion a year in aid to Israel, so, you know what I mean, as well as um, U.S. military, aid and military assistance, so, $4 billion. You know, I think that's the problem. Well, yeah, $4 billion, $4 billion annually. Like, yes. That includes the military aid? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Let me check. Wait, besides the military aid, what are they using the money for? 
the article did not say, but I'm I'm not entirely too sure. Okay, I, I'm not a the skeptic. I'm not a theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But honestly, if there's unless there's information about that, I really want to know what are they using the money for, and if we know, and like specifically we the public, because I really don't want those four billion dollars to be built for bombs that are dropped on Palestine. Yeah. Or used for something that goes against the basic human rights of the Palestinians. Honestly, like, honest, we need, I think that's a vital piece of information to know because I am all for international aid. I'm all for going to our allies and potential allies like African nations and Latin American nations and say, we'll help you as long as you don't do this shit. Yeah. But like, honestly, I, like, here's the thing. I don't know if I'm going to get beat up for this. No, beat up in the sense that I'm berated. Yeah, like, I'm kind of like pro-Israel and pro-Palestine. Like, it's very, like, that's, that's like a phrase that is, like, very confusing because, like, they're enemies in the sense of, like, they, they don't really like each other. Like, I really want yeah. both states to coexist because, like, the whole notion of who owned the land first is irrelevant. Because it, they want to exist, they need to exist, like on the same land. Because all this historical background of who owned first, they, well, Jerusalem is a very significant place for Christian yeah. Christianity, uh, Islam, and Judaism. They're basically connected. They're not really that different. Well, different in the sense of, you know, I guess clothing, uh, tradition. Uh, obviously like language customs they're all connected to what abraham yeah the the uh no that's true it's for example right i don't know if you heard about it this past summer with the abraham accord right the, not familiar with that you're not familiar with it no Okay, so the Abraham Accords, I believe, were a deal between, I forgot which nations. Um, I know that the United States was at the center of the deal. It had to do with, it was uh, more or less a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates that was signed by President Trump back in August of 2020. So, yeah, it's uh, that's basically what that is. And um, one of the things that more or less drew the deal together was um, a statement about how that um, the three great faiths, that being Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity, were all tied together by, in a sense, Abraham. So I could see where you're coming from when you say necessarily that they're not really that different, considering they all share a similar patriarch in a sense. Yeah, and uh, the point is that, honestly, it's the whole notion that Palestine, or Palestine or Israel should have the entire territory is irrelevant. They need to coexist. Because it's like the whole situation is complex. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, like they can't, you can't force them to leave. If Israel takes the entire region, where are they going to go? Also, if Palestine owns the entire region, where are they going to go? 
back to Europe. Nope. They can't go anywhere. That's the Wait, yeah, and not only that, they're so I mean, they believe so much in their right to stay there. And that is in every almost most of their citizens. You can't if you force them to leave, they will stay. No matter what, they will say, No, screw you, we'll stay. And honestly, yeah, it's not that easy. But um it, Yeah, but there is a the big problem is that is this going to lead to another, uh, you know, military conflict between, you know, the Israelis and the Palestinians? Because I know you sent me an article the other day, actually, about how I believe one of one of the UN officials is actually talking about there could be a genuine possibility of, you know, armed conflict and war in the region. So this is a... Um, I don't think there's actually much time to do anything in terms of negotiations. Um, you know, or I don't know really where any foreign nation would actually be able to step in in the middle of this right now. Well, before war, we talk. I mean, that's obvious. But honestly, yeah, I think it's where war might happen more than like if you take two results, which one of it is war. The other is peace. War is more likely than peace by like, you know, if it's like, if we can assign the number of the possibility, like peace is really a 30 to 40% possibility. War, no. Just 60 no. to 70. It's like, there has been a war 70 years ago. There might be. I mean, it's possible. And I'm not trying to say that there should be a war. I don't want people to die. That's obvious. Yeah. But since because that possibility might... it's um, Honestly, I think of my plan of occupation to be going to result into something even worse but I just really don't know the other way to do this. And I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of young, obviously. And my knowledge of actual international policy, like terms of diction, really, I don't really know much as compared to like a foreign officer or like a foreign service officer or politician. Yeah. Like when you think about it right now, what kind of option do we really have? Because I know for a fact that Iran is like really like laughing their balls off because like if there's war, like honestly, no, they won't really do this, but they are like really like, yo, they like war might happen and all these people will like kill each other, which would mean that the Jews in Israel, like the Israeli government would be extremely weak. And, you know, Iran would be like, yes, let's go, you know. Well, they hate the Jews. That's yeah. The no, yeah, they do. Um, I think when you look at it this way, right, in response to your first question about what we can really do, I don't know about what we can really do because let's, let's take the Trump administration as an example, right? Uh, I know that Trump had very good ties with the current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, and he was a very strong supporter 
of Israel in defending the Israeli people um, and the current um, government in place. I know that Biden has also been willing to work with them, but I'm fairly certain he also has stronger, I guess you could say feelings or sentiments in supporting and defending the Palestinians as well. So I don't feel, I don't know how the Israelis would initially or how the Israeli government would initially perceive it if the US stepped in, um, you know, in favor of defending the rights of the Palestinians. I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but I don't know how um, the Israeli government would initially perceive it. And you bring up a good point with the Iranians because I know over this past, well, not just over this past year, but especially in the past in this past year, since I've been you now looking at the news and reading articles online about the, you know, the animosity and the growing tensions between the Iranians and the Israelis. So, and they're also, and the Iranians are also a very strong supporter of there being a separate Palestinian state apart from um, the current territories that where most Palestinians live in Israel. So I could see why they would, um, where they would more or less support a conflict or at least, you know, back or support the Palestinians living in Israel if there ever war were to be an armed conflict or some sort of war were to start. Well, first, Joe Biden's response is obviously, yeah, I've learned, and you just told it. Uh, is that, like, they're working, willing to work with Israel uh, and also at the same time have Palestine be its basically coexistent. Uh, I read an article from The Economist. It was basically it titled Joe Biden's like response or opinion on the whole situation now is really his like popularity with the uh, more left, the, with the more liberal politicians is um, you know, they really don't like him at right now, specifically right now because of his like whole like cooperating with Israel. And I think it's because is, oh sorry, you were saying. You know, like they're like Joe Biden's plan to cooperate with Israel. Yeah. And it really stems with what I think they're more interested in like Palestinian human rights, which is obviously a like I'm all for that. And that requires to really punish Israel. That's really what I want, what many people want. But me, not to the point where we are anti-Israel, uh, but just appropriately, punish them appropriately, which is, you know, God, I don't know really what the punishment is for these specific types of human rights violations. Mm -hmm. uh, sanction, no, not like sanctions, I don't know, like recall or whatever, I think, it's something more like bigger than that. But I really want to say that like reflecting on this situation from what I've read and learned. Yeah. It comes, it's a huge disappointment that um, after years of persecution of the most bloodiest conflicts and the most 
bloodiest forms of human torture that this is going to be big. But honestly, I have to say this, that the Israeli government has are like very close, very, very close to becoming the thing that they shouldn't be at all. And you know what I'm referencing. Yeah, I have an inkling of what you're getting at. Like, it's sad. I love the Jewish people. Like, they're humans. I, it's, I mean, it's obvious that we should respect all kinds of people. And I typically admire the Jews for what they've been through. They made Christianity. Basically. Without them, Christianity would be a thing. And like that belief has affected so many families, including mine, including me, including you, and a lot of people, that if the Israelis are capable of doing this, of being clouded by hate against another religion, and Islam is not really that of a, it's not a dangerous religion. It's perceived as dangerous because of our leaders. Talk about Saudi Arabian leaders. The Iranians, the Syrians. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's disappointing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's fair. Back to <clears throat> back to the what you were saying though. I, I do think it's a little disappointing. And when it comes to punishments, hear me out, right? It doesn't have to be anything too serious i guess you could say but do you think maybe it would be at all possible if you know we could in a sense or maybe the un could advocate for or at least require the there to be some sort of arms reduction or the u.s could threaten to pull some of their aid or funding to the israelis just as some sort of punishment, I guess you could say. I mean, the punishment of not sending aid, that's really big. <laughs> like, yeah. when I heard that, like, damn, that's huge. Like, basically saying, do this, reduce arms, reduce tensions, or we'll not help you. Essentially, that's honestly, yeah. That's honestly a good way to go. Because, like, Israel is only a big thing because of us of France, of UK, and especially the United States. Yeah. If we just say, which I agree, very strongly, um, that you make peace, you stop doing these things to the Palestinians, or will not help you at all, I bet they're going to shit their pants. Because, you know, that means... Iran and Saudi, uh, Iran would be like, yo, this is a this this is heaven, like this is basically heaven. Um, which I, honestly, I really don't want to. Like deep down in my heart, I really want to help Israel. But if that comes to that, we're gonna throw that card. I mean, that's fair because if you really think about it, if we're sending four billion dollars in aid, that you know, I think that's probably the most peaceful way we can go about approaching this situation without necessarily 
um, I guess you could say provoking them, if if that makes any sense. I think this is probably the most stable uh, approach to the situation without punishing them too severely, but also, you know, I don't know, I guess you could say shaking the common sense into them. Yeah, I think this is a big, oh, this is a big like wake up call. Um, honestly, in terms of foreign policy, may seem obvious, but in most areas of foreign policy and to the growing, na growing nature of my historical knowledge, you really have to go down hard, really, really hard. And what I mean that you have to be very, you have to be very confrontational, but not too confrontational. Um, you can't really just always think always abide by this fantasy that peace will always be like, what's the word? Will always happen. It's not really, you cannot really just dive, like dive deep into this fantasy that peace will always happen. That negotiations and diplomacy will always work. Because let's be frank. All right, like yeah, the Second World War, the appeasement did not work. That's obviously because a guy like Hitler was too insane. Um, but also, you know, wars are wars begin out of some petty things, some necessary things you know but they always happen and that always that's always the thing that you have to my point is you really have to be prepared for the worst yeah and you have in, in order sometimes in order to not let the worst happen is to really put our foot on the ground and just say and just be very very serious and be very very confrontational and, uh, and honestly, in this case, like the whole notion that all oh, they need to coexist, we need, like, let's not say that. Let's say to the Israelis and also to the Palestinians to stop. Palestine, stop. Like, I mean, stop uh, first, like, to each, to each side to stop to reduce arms and all this, say to the Israelis, stop discriminating, stop, uh, you know, those discriminating the Palestinians or will not help you at all. They need our help, like tremendously. And we'll use that card no matter what. But we're not gonna let the, also the Palestinian government, the Hamas get away with everything. They did their fair share of violence. Yeah, you gotta hold both sides accountable. So I see where you're. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Also, occupation. Just in case. Just occupy the territory for God's sake. Like it's insane what's going on there. They can't even keep their. Uh, you can't really let them be. Like you know, be like as they are. They hate each other for God's sake. Like. You, 
I'd have to, I think I'd have to probably disagree with you on the issue of occupation because think about it this way, right? This has been going on since Israel became a nation, essentially. So late 40s, early 50s, uh, let me think. Yeah, late 40s and 1948. This has been going on for that long. I don't believe there was actually any occupation back then. I don't think really any other nation had said anything about it or had decided to occupy the, na the nation of Israel in order to stop these conflicts from happening. And on top of that, how long would there have to be an occupation of Israeli ter territory until they start um, getting along? You know, what about the resources we have? How much money is going into this? you know, to send our troops over there, um, you know, wouldn't it just be, you know what I mean? And even if there was a separate Palestinian state, if the two nations are bordering each other, there's still room for conflict. So it's not, I don't think, as easy as there just being a simple matter of occupation. Well, first, we're not going to do what we did in Iraq and Afghanistan and stay there for God knows how long. Yeah. Um. And you bring up a good point saying that even if we, their attentions are at a low, that there's still people on both sides who really have a like hard grudge against the other people. And that might translate into something bigger. Like for instance, this Palestinian man really deep down really doesn't like the Israelis. They let's say like this wall is constructed, this big wall, this big defined port border is there. He crosses it, commits a crime that is widely circulated in the news and through people that the Israeli government would blame that guy's actions against the government, which they had nothing to do with that Palestinian guy's uh, violence. And by the government, I mean like Israeli government blaming the Palestinian government for that guy. Yeah. And that will, again, spark up, you know, God, like airstrikes, no, not airstrike, I don't know, like rocket launches, yeah, and all that. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think this translates into something like if there's like two guys in your family who butt heads, like an uncle or a dad, they butt heads, you kind of separate them from a little bit. But there, we can't really separate these two people. They just go right back at it. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, the, for a timeout, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, I see. Like, you, where, where are they going to have a timeout? It's, it's, um, yeah, this um, is, this is definitely, this is definitely going to be an issue that we can, you know, look back at. You know, it's I don't. This probably isn't going to end anytime soon, unless there's some sort of intervention. But even so, I think that's it's probably going to take a lot longer. So we're probably going to be seeing more news about this within the coming weeks. I mean, something that has been going on since 1945, 1948. I mean, like, it's kind of. I mean, is it going to end anytime soon like that, like in a snap of a finger? If that has been going on for nearly 80 years. No. Um, but I have, I always have a glimpse of hope that this will 
inevitable this will be resolved if we continue to look at this and study this and do something about this and that's my belief and if we are older and if we if there are people with influential political jobs who um in the international sphere or president or whatever un ambassador or whatever uh that if there are good people who are focusing on this, that it might be resolved. And my solution for an occupation and our, like this, what we come up with, what we see best came up with, like taking away uh, our, our help from the Israelis or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, I hope there's a better situation. I, I hope there's a better solution. But right now I think this is what should be uh, done. But I hope there's like some other person, more genius person who, um, who has a better solution. And I don't know, I don't know if there are uh, if there are, but I hope there is. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that covers it. We can, you know, we can just for for now, for the time being, we can only, I guess you could say, just look, uh, watch, and hope, and just keep up with the situation and hope that things begin to get better and hope that somebody actually finds a, a good solution because we have to, you know, tread lightly with this. But uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got to say about it. We will end it there. That's a good constructive, uh, I guess, conversation. If there's any one of you listeners who wants to come on to talk about this? Will uh, that it will be appreciated and will welcome you. So that's all for today. We'll see you guys next time. All right, see you.